0: Welcome to Out of the Podcast episode 47, huh? We're That's creeping correct. up to that year. It's so crazy. November, we're here. By this right. point last year, we're like, I guess we're gonna do this podcast, huh?
1: Yeah, I was trying trying to think when when did we actually like make the decision to do it? Like, I, I can't remember the exact moment.
0: I want to say it was around November because we were like, we started okay. recording in in December, like about at least halfway through, I
1: think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it a little bit off and on, but it didn't really come a you know reality.
0: Yeah, until, no, until it was time to do it.
1: Yeah, and what a reality it's been.
0: It's wild. Yeah. Wild ride here, folks. Thanks for playing. I'm excited for today. Maybe it snowed by today. I mean, we're not too far ahead, so I'm going to predict that it didn't, and I know there's a ban on weather talk on here, but it's just a snowy movie. I think we understand why I'm bringing this up. If you watched Storm Fear, it's in the title, then. That's true.
1: And and we have watched a couple snowy and cold movies. I feel like I'm ready the for the, yeah. the
0: prime of winter. No, it's been nice. I like snow specifically if I don't have to do anything in it, yes. it, it feels very nice. It just I come from a snowy area when it would happen and it just reminds me of, of home. home. Growing it, up, I don't know. Nostalgia yeah. in the snow.
1: Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like if I don't have to go out in it, it's totally fine. But yeah, if I and have if to go out I, like
0: I gotta wipe my glasses. Okay. Feel like you didn't vamp about snow
1: i don't really have much else to say about snow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was only gone a second
1: yeah there's only so much to talk about get those snow, snow
0: tires right yep do you do that or do you just no. kind of get an all year round no nope. i mean you're not going anywhere
1: yeah I, I i got nowhere to go
0: how often is that car getting fired up per week at this point um
1: a few times you know depending on what's going on definitely not what doing is, as much. what is driving. going on if i gotta run errands or get something you know
0: what's the it's, last time you hopped in that what, what's your car's name you got a name for that car
1: the jalopy um <laughs> uh, yesterday i i drove i drove around you call your car yesterday. the
0: jalopy really or is that a show joke that's a very, show joke it's very funny as a show joke i would not want you you have a beautiful car it's not not jalopy
1: thank you no it's it an, technically aff- it, a car it's affectionately known as the jalopy um okay yeah it's technically a car
0: okay I don't know if it was a step above. I mean, in our hearts, of course.
1: In my, in my heart, yes.
0: My car's name is Babs. Babs? Yeah.
1: And where'd that come from?
0: Well, I always go with a B name for my cars.
1: And why is that?
0: I don't know. It just happened with the first one, and I just kept up the good work, and okay. here we are. <laughs> helps nar helps narrow it down a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't normally
1: name my cars. I, I
0: haven't really done that. I guess that's the difference between us. Hey, should we introduce ourselves? I, I don't know how long. Sure. How deep we, we talked about snow already. How, God forbid we say who we are. We're like 30 minutes in, I think. Who to right? send your weather reports to. It feels like we're 30 minutes in. Daniel. That's me. Good to have you. Gentleman Joseph here. We're keeping it classy today, I guess. Yes. Because for Cornell, like, what do you think is short for Cornell? Corn? Corny? Cor- corny. Yeah. He is a little corny sometimes. We'll get into it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got a We got a corny one here. Uh, Do you have a good week? Did you get into any hijinks? I did. I got, um, I, I went to the first thrift store I went to in quite some time.
1: Really? Any scores?
0: I, yeah, I hit the motherlode. I got four tapes. I looked at them, the tapes itself. I will give you the rundown in one moment.
1: Okay. You did a quick, you did a quick like, like magician's flash well, what, and I was like trying to catch it. Yeah. That,
0: exactly. I got tricks up my sleeve. And anytime you go to like a thrift store, you got to check the tapes, A, to make sure it's the right one in the case. You know, you learn that lesson early on if you yeah. don't check just to see how it looks in there and they just looked like they were going to sound great and i've only listened to one so far it was this one which is a zombies animals compilation Ooh, sounds I,
1: perfect i love the zombies huge huge column huge fan
0: yeah. and you know i and i like the animals as mm-hmm. well but the, yeah the, it was sounding great i got these two birds greatest hits
1: Ooh, one of my all-time favorite bands ever yep
0: <laughs> definitely a mine as well and uh, this police album
1: that's one of, if not the best one, in my opinion. Exactly. That yeah, one's there, great.
0: Was a, there was another one there, and I, I went with this one, and it was a good choice.
1: What was the other one that they had? Do you remember?
0: Uh, I want to say it was the one after that one. I'm bad with the titles.
1: So after that one would have been Ghost in the Machine. Was it like Black? That's, exact, or, that's yeah, exactly yeah, what it yeah. was. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I was like, you know, a couple songs on there I like, but not my favorite.
1: One of my favorite deep cuts from the police on that is called Omega Man, and that's on rules i plan like- on
0: going back then the tapes are like three bucks though which i know for is is good these days but i still come from the like 50 cents, 50 cents yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's what it should be but where we've changed as a society and i had yep. to be thrilled with three dollars but they were in great condition it was worth cool. it felt good about that
1: all great purchases i i went to the wawa
0: drive-thru again Dan. oh yeah how was that it was good it led me to these tapes so even better that sounds like a good trip to me I swear, Wawa drive-thru is faster than regular. Like, you're just really? in and out. Yeah, they're just, because it's all business there, you know? Yeah. And it's in order of appearance, as opposed to usually when they're making, like, a million different orders at once.
1: Did you get, like, a, like a food meal, or did you just get, like, drinks?
0: Dan, we are in, uh, <laughs> we are in gobbler season.
1: Oh, you want, you want full-on gobbler, huh?
0: We're, we're in gobbler season, yeah. Welcome,
1: welcome to the show. I, I, love, I, I would love to hear the perspective of people that are not from this area that have no idea what we're talking about with Wawa whatsoever.
0: I hope this encourages them to, to Google. I, I imagine we say many things that you have to run to Google, especially a regional, to, yeah. <laughs> to the, you know, depending on where you are, maybe your age, a little, we have some older listeners and hmm. they're the best listeners out there. We relate to you the most. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're using what, Yahoo? Ask Jeeves. Is, is Jeeves still askable, you think? I don't know. I
1: mean, ask Ask still exists. It, they shortened okay. it. That's oh, still, right. that's still around.
0: Okay, maybe they lost a lot of customers in the in the shortening.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's no web crawler or anything, but
0: few things are.
1: Yeah, that, exactly. some say
0: that's when society started to tumble.
1: Yeah, Alta Vista web crawler when when those went went <laughs> down. Yeah, that's <laughs> the decline of Western civilization right there, as we know it.
0: I watched uh, that Shang Chi movie, the new Marvel one. It, it appeared out for streaming. Mm-hmm. It was okay, especially for a Marvel movie these days. I'm getting less and less thrilled by them, and I am a comic book fan. They're cranking them out, man. But of course, I'm watching. I'm like, this thing's supposed to be you know, some, some karate, some kung fu. And of course, it's like a Disney Marvel movie. And I'm just like, this stuff is a little too slow for my liking. So I had to put on a Jackie Chan movie last night, and it was awesome. What do I, mean? I don't remember the title. I got to get this ready. But it had a 20-minute fight sequence that was just unreal. The Young Master okay
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I, I know of that one i haven't seen it but i it's a, I a big i am a big fan of his i have a lot of his stuff
0: you got police story that police story one and two set i do the criterion yeah. one yeah
1: excellent excellent
0: police story one alone is like probably Amazing. one of the greatest films i've ever seen and i have never stopped thinking about it since i've seen it it's just incredible that man just give him everything he should be running the world <laughs> <laughs> Not the even end, just movies.
1: The end of that movie alone in, in the mall—that entire sequence, uh, like, just it's beautiful. It's just yeah. el- every like the look of it, the set design, the the, stuns, the soundtrack, every soundtrack. Yeah, it just it's it's amazing.
0: It's bookended perfectly because even that yes. beginning we're like down the hill and the oh, bus, yeah. and that's just it. This Marvel movie had a bus scene too, and I'm like, you know, I I know a movie with a bus scene, <laughs> so I'm probably gonna be doing Police Story one of these nights. I was gonna it's say amazing. all this.
1: All this talk is kind of – I was I was thinking about that the other day and how, like, I hadn't watched any Jagged Janssen movie in a while. I got the – recently, the one archive of um, – what was it? There was Mr. Nice Guy, mm-hmm. which is, like, an extended cut, and it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, um, I got to check was, that out. That was really – because that was why I, I remember watching. Cut. I remember watching it when, I, when it came out, and I really uh, – I remember watching it actually at a sleepover. Uh, we we yeah. rented it at a sleepover, I remember – Getting it, and I and I loved it. Um, so it was yeah, fun. I, I hadn't seen it in such a long time.
0: The '90s was such a crazy time where, like, we started to get some Jackie Chan movies. You know, Rumble in the Bronx, of course. Which is like that was like my gateway. Like, that yeah, was, I think it, that was all I of lo- our gateway. I love that movie, and it's it's phenomenal. But yeah, just just going back and checking some of these ones that he was directing, and yeah, back at Golden Harvest, incredible. Yes. I mean, just just again, Police Story alone, Criterion did a great job. The sale is still going on. Go get it. It's like. Under 30 bucks at this point. Go get it.
1: Maybe we should make like some list of like top five or top 10 criterion noirs that we recommend or like, or like, should we be any... getting
0: a holiday list together for the noirs out there? Yeah.
1: Maybe, okay. maybe we like collaborate and like maybe like narrow down like what we think the top five Wait, or top stop. 10 is.
0: And then we'll collaborate and listen.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Not now. Yeah.
0: Not now. Ice is back with a brand new edition, Dan. What is Ice? Ice. Yeah. What ice are we talking about? I've been giving you Ice Ice Baby lyrics here. Oh,
1: have you been? <laughs> oh, I, I was totally not aware. I was, I was so engaged in the, uh, the conversation.
0: Cool as ice out on Blu-ray now, finally, by the way. So there's, oh. there's a holiday gift for you.
1: And I, I, I should have known that that was on your mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's never far away. Especially like, as we are in the winter and we're watching icy movies, Dan. Are you ready to get into Storm Fear? I don't think I could be more ready. You had together. confided it to me earlier before we recorded that you were scared to hear what I had thought yeah. of this movie. And I'm excited. That excites me.
1: Yes, I am scared.
0: I want some storm fear from you, Dan.
1: I have, it. yes. I
0: have fear of the storm that you're about to... We want to hear the, the sweat fear dripping on the microphone. Yes. It's palpable. Here we go, folks. Storm fear. Hold up the Blu-ray. Literal Blu-ray. Very blue cover. I love,
1: I love it. Honestly, yeah, it's, I like it. It's, it. it's awesome.
0: I mean, having seen the movie, it's a little not represent. You know, it's like it's yeah, it's that, an
1: amalgam. Like it's yeah, you know, it's pulp. It's you know,
0: absolutely. But you, got you know shirt, what?
1: Shirtless Cornell Wilde.
0: Yeah, just <laughs> necking on his wife. You know, Dan, yeah. I got. I admit, it hits like a thunderbolt. Yes, it does. That's one of the taglines, and also an, another tagline I found on IMDb was "Scream your head off, baby. No one can help you." I don't know how I feel about that in the
1: context. And I don't don't think that necessarily works as well.
0: You know, if if that's going to be in a foreign market or something, that's fine. But I Mm -hmm. think it hits like a thunderbolt. It it hits like a thunderbolt. Yeah. And we're going to do the same to you. Episode 47, Storm Fear. This was released December 16th, 1955 in a New York release. Then statewide, February 1st, 1956. Directed by old corny Cornell Wilde produced by him and his wife they had their production company Theodora Productions you mm-hmm. saw that in uh, the big combo we've we talked mm-hmm. about this this is not news to you guys you listen to every episode mm-hmm. and it also is distributed by United Artists which I think we've had a nice streak of uh, UA films feels like I keep saying yeah. United Artists on these episodes
1: yeah yeah it's just kind of worked out that way
0: Written by Horton Foote <laughs> 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 based annoying. on the novel Storm Fear huh there's a title. From 1954, from Clinton Sealy and mm-hmm. cinematography. We're going to give a, a special shout out to Joseph Lachelle. We know him from Laura and, of course, Roadhouse with Old Corny.
1: That's probably where he, I was thinking that's probably where he maybe had him in the back of his mind, like, yeah. oh, maybe I'll get this guy.
0: I mean, it, it's a phenomenal looking movie.
1: Yes. It's still
0: sure. it's still the, the peak for Cornell Wilde to... Well, I don't know. Maybe I like Big Combo more. I don't know. I don't know. I really like Roadhouse, too. It's been, yeah. I might need a refresher. It's been a long time. That was episode, like, you know, negative a million. <laughs> that was a long, long time ago. Yes. Welcome to the show. Kino Lorber, shout out to them. They've been really giving it to us. Great print. On the regular. Mm-hmm. Amazing print. Yeah, just right off the bat, no complaints about the print. Was there subtitles on this? I can't imagine. There wasn't. Because there's nothing on this. Other than a trailer um, for a future movie for us.
1: Yeah, there wasn't. Yeah. So I guess before we get to it, I... Oh okay. I would say
0: De- Derail Dan. We got your nickname for the episode.
1: Derail Dan. Um <laughs> I am not even a derail. So I am curious to see what you thought of this movie. I'm
0: not I don't know if I'm ready to
1: You're not ready to divulge yet? I mean I I'll I'll say that I mean you it's I think it's pretty well known that I'm I'm a huge Cornell Wild and Gene Wallace fan. So for me,
0: um, I, I guess I'm willing to divulge this much. Mm-hmm. They're the, they're the weirdly the weakest performances of the movie. Yeah, I I would agree. I would agree. And, and Cornell Wilde, like I definitely I'm not as on board with him as you are, but I find him fascinating. Like, oh, exactly. I, I think yeah. that's and a lot I, of what
1: I like about him. He's just a fascinating guy.
0: He he's like a and not mediocre, but like maybe like a marginal actor. But it's just fascinating because he's behind the director's chair in this one, and just seeing like what his Produces vision it. is.
1: Yeah, like yeah. he's just this auteur, weird outsider, almost auteur that's also an actor that like puts on his own productions, directs himself. You know, it just, it just, it is fascinating. And he's got his did wife watch- in his, like, his movies.
0: Yeah, Gene Wallace. And did you watch the one that came after this, The Devil's Hairpin, the racing one? I haven't seen that one. I want to see that one. Um, did keno put that out it feels like they would have i don't think they did i think
1: i think it wasn't necessarily as easily accessible i do have beach red which they both star in and he and he produced and directed um Mm -hmm. which came out much later that was in 1967 and that was really good i did like that one it's like a world war ii movie so Um, what out
0: of everything you've seen that he's directed what would you say is your favorite
1: that he's directed yeah um hmm. i would have to say naked Prey. I think, I think not only his acting really good in it, but the, direct, the the movie in general is just great. And he directed that also. I wanted to double check to make sure he did direct that he did.
0: Yeah. Um, and that was a little later, right? That was like around the I say 60s. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a criterion. So by the way, yeah. people
1: looking in the sale, I okay. re- highly recommend. That,
0: that might be me, Dan. I'll check it out because yeah. as a director, I'm on board with this guy. Okay. 100, 100%. He's a very serviceable actor, but like, I mean, his wounded performance in this is just fascinating. Like, the, it almost sounds like he's like flubbing lines a couple of times, you know, like. Yes, he like stutters a, a
1: handful of times throughout the film. which It's is just like very
0: bizarre. And, and Gene Wallace is just like, again, like I'm trying to find the complimentary ways of saying what I want to say. Like, it's not like a wooden performance, but it's just like a bit flat. There's not much to it it's fine. Like it's all, they're both fine, but considering like they're making this movie, it's just so fascinating that these are their choices.
1: Yeah. I I like both of them, but I agree that, that I, I think some of the, the extra players in this film it, shine it, it,
0: that's, more yeah it, it really gives them an opportunity to shine and they beyond shine i mean i'll give you this much so far lee grant steals this movie just amazing actress she's great uh, she's in so many movies so yes many great movies. i mean we're, we're gonna get into her because i mean she's all of our fun facts of this movie because <laughs> if you're looking otherwise you got nothing uh yeah i mean let's get into it. we're in uh, upstate new england and we got struggling novelist fred blake and who's playing fred blake it's gonna be our old pal Dan Duryea, who, once again, when he died, uh, New York Times called him the heel with sex appeal, which we, this absolutely will always apply. <laughs> love Dan Duryea, The staple,
2: uh, of
1: fascinating Woman. part
0: for him in this too.
1: Yes, very like very against typecast for sure.
0: But yes, he's a he's a he's a writer. I believe he succeeded in writing one book and publishing. He did. He did, yes, and he had like he, I'd
1: see he had some fair success, I guess. Which we kind of can glean, yeah. Back
0: then, I'm sure you're sweating everyone, but today it's like, man, you publish one book, bravo! Why don't you just go ahead and retire and <laughs> just live it up? That's that's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Yeah, he's just having a lot of trouble with that. He's also very sickly at the moment. Yeah. He's wearing a scarf the whole time. Love it. Love the scarf. I mean, the scarf is doing a lot of heavy lifting in this movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Dan in the the Jackie Chan movie I watched, he like puts on. He learns at one point. He's like fighting this woman, and she like has like a skirt, a long skirt. And she's doing all these like flowy stuff as she's like kicking it. And uh, he gets into a fight at the end where he puts on a skirt, and that's how he's able to to win. It's fascinating. Wow! I'd like to see what Jackie Chan could do with the scarf.
1: Yeah. I wonder if he's probably... I'm sure he's used it at some point in some movie. That, well, that'll be our, our test. We have to find that.
0: I'm trying to collect them all at this point. I, you know, this, you're just It's a perfect way to end the night is with the Jackie Chan movie. Oh, I, yeah. I, got, I gotta say.
1: Can't, it, can't disagree with that at
0: all. Can't go wrong. And maybe if Fred Blake had seen a Jackie Chan movie, he'd be feeling <laughs> a lot better in this cabin. But it just wasn't in the cards for him yet. So unfortunately, he's got to be Dan um, He's He lives with Elizabeth, who is his wife. And he also they have a son and that's going to be a complicated issue yes. as we'll get into. A named David played by a David. I wonder if that was uh if he was able to pull it off or not. I think he we'll give... did
1: a good job as a David.
0: As a David, sure. Yeah. <laughs> he he definitely went full method on it. Yes. But yeah, so they're living out there. He feels a little guilty about this too. I mean, he's just really being hard on himself, you know. He's taking it out on himself and and his family, his wife doesn't feel awesome about any of this there's also a uh, hank mm-hmm. who's like the hired hand because dan 38 can't do anything including finish a book oh uh,
1: <laughs> and they have a farm so i mean i'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on
0: there's a lot to do yeah exactly and also you know hank he, he's got the the hots for gene wallace hank's a be, hunk Hank's a hunk. he's giving out uh radios and what was the other thing he what did he get david do you remember yeah, the know. gun
1: the rifle yeah the
0: rifle yeah so he's hooking it up, but he didn't really hook up Dan Duryea. He, they do say the radio is for both of them. But come on, us and Dan Duryea know what the score and what's yeah. going on. And he mentions it, it too. <laughs> yeah, and also as we're going to learn some more things later too. I mean, he has every right to be suspicious of pretty much every person that's going to hit this place. Yeah, but we're all miserable on this farm in upstate New England, and it's it's a snowy time. Well, I think Dave is not
1: miserable. I think I think the the, the you know Dan Duryea and Gene Wallace are. Because when we see him first, he's having a good time with uh, with Hank. Hank's kind of awesome like, like a father, yeah. fa- father figure, basically.
0: Oh, I mean, anyone's a father figure, except for Dan Duryea, yeah. <laughs> who hates all the fun. But he, he is having a blast. He, he really takes a shining, basically, to everyone he mm. meets in this movie, at least at first. Yeah. So things are whatever. They're pretty ho-hum. Hank's going to take off for the weekend, I believe. He's heading out of town to go party or whatever.
1: He had to go into town. He wanted to get, he he wanted to see somebody. I think he was getting some parts too. I think he said something like that. So he just, you know, going to town.
0: And also it was supposed to snow. So he's like, I'm probably not going to make it back. Yeah. So just heads up. Hank's not going to be here. No hunk Hank. Hank the hunk this time. So the storm keeps coming in. And all of a sudden, the Blakes get a little surprise. It's going to be Fred's brother, Charlie. Uncle Charlie, played by old corny Cornell Wilde. He comes hobbling in with his two companions and these two companions, mm-hmm. this is why you're here. I mean, the other stuff is fine, but this is what elevates it at least to like, this is this is a great time.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: again, Lee Grant as Edna Rogers is the pinnacle of this. She is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And she had been blacklisted at this time. We'll get more into this. And it was a bit of a risk for even and Courtney to to hire her. Yeah. So I wonder if that's a bit of why she really brought it. I mean, it's such a, not necessarily a bit part, but it's you know not much of a part, and she yeah. just really—it's
1: a secondary role. Yeah, really
0: just elevates it. It's phenomenal. And then you also get Stephen Hill as Benji, mm-hmm. and this was one of his earliest movies too, his second movie,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he does a great job too. I mean, he's such a bastard in this. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. So yeah, they came in and they clearly committed some sort of crime. The snow is falling. They're trying to hide this car, and yeah, we find out Charlie's been shot. He got shot in the leg. Mm-hmm there's a nice reveal too like we're like oh it looks like you got shot in like the the gut or whatever and yeah. it's like, no no no, that was nothing it's actually That's a just idea. a scrape yeah yeah i like that a lot that was a good time and they're like okay obviously you gotta get you a doctor but it's not looking good uncle charlie says like you know we gotta keep this one off the books despite the fact that fred older older brother fred Dan Durier, is like no, no no we gotta call the doctor it's not looking too good but gene wallace elizabeth blake she says I like this guy. Maybe maybe there's something to him. We'll find out later why we're going to let him come. You know, it's good to see uncle Charlie after mm. all, but we'll take him upstairs to recover. We'll figure it out.
1: She's oh, a sorry. little reluctant. She's a little reluctant, but she, she ultimately does it.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's looking for a thrill, Dan, and she's getting it. Yeah, that's true. Things are pretty rough here. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, far off farm in upstate New York, where it's like a writer's wintry retreat, but it's like not working at all. There's yeah. nothing to show. The pages aren't there, Dan. What yeah. are you supposed to do? You get Hank and Hank takes off. Here comes Uncle Charlie.
1: Yep. Good old Uncle Charlie.
0: <laughs> and yeah, he's got a briefcase he's really holding on to. Seems like there might be some some goods in that. Mm-hmm. You know, Benji's like, hey, maybe I can look at it. But no, he's like, no, nah, I, I got this. It's coming with me. So he's like, again, just I'm not, I don't want a doctor. I know I got shot. I'm not going to tell you what happened. But Elizabeth, you got to get out this bullet. And she actually pulls it off. She's able to get some, uh the little bit of booze they got downstairs that Benji and Edna are drinking. Mm-hmm. Here's something I kind of realized, Dan. They often do that. they are like, here, have a drink of this. And then they instantly go and do the procedure. Like, it usually takes a, a second or two to, for alcohol to kick in like that.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's oh. like psychological. Like, they think that, oh, it'll just instantly help.
0: I think it's just a running time thing, Dan. But it could know. be that
1: too. They can't you can't wait and let people be bored while they while it kicks in.
0: There's some bad music coming from my neighbors outside, so I wonder if that's going to bleed through on the mic. I can't hear anything, so I didn't hear any of it. It'll probably be when I'm editing, and I could hear it really, really quietly. What kind of music is there. it? Uh modern country, I think. Oh, great! It goes all over the place, but mostly that. You know something I realized too, Dan, is like a lot of uh, these like indie stars now. These like uh, uh, the kids, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're like just doing pop country songs. It's so crazy.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm not going to specifically should talk anyone on air, but we'll talk later. I, th- okay. This what I heard. Where I'm just like, this is just a country song. This is insane. not a good one. This is okay. crazy. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, we we've taken care of the bullet. That sounds good. Benji turns on the radio, and we're finding out. Oh, there was a bank robbery nearby in Batterskill. This is making me think it's probably near, close to New York where I grew up, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it wasn't far from Connecticut, like Fishkill.
1: <laughs> yeah. And,
0: I, and it makes All sense because they're, they're from
1: New York, as we find out later, like New York City. So yeah.
0: yeah, it makes sense. So a policeman was killed in this robbery at the bank. And then we find out that Charlie was shot and someone else got killed during it, right? Or they, the, got, they got captured and then died, right?
1: So they got wounded. Yeah. One of the other guys in their group. So yeah. whoever pulled off the, the job that they did. Well, I, I think at first they don't know if they think he's still alive or he is alive at that point. And then I think they find out later that he
0: died. Then he died. Okay. Correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And at first too, it sounds like, oh, they, they think we're going in a different direction. So it sounds like all is well. We're just yeah. going to wait out this storm and head out the next morning. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth, she says to Charlie, she's not happy <laughs> that this yeah. has come into her home naturally. He's like, you know, hey, I'm here to do you no harm. I don't know if you could tell by the delivery of all my lines, but I'm not a threatening person. (laughs) It was it was an interesting choice, just the way he would. I don't know, like it sounded like it was like line flubbing, also, but it was just like a weird like weakness because he did did it so much. I, I I I can't just get over how shocked I was by the two producers' performances of this movie. Yeah, well, maybe they wanted to let the other shine. Who knows? Jean Wallace, I don't know because she was pretty similar to this in the big combo, but yeah, Cornell Wilde is like you never know what you're gonna get with that guy.
1: <laughs> I think that's part of the beauty and, of, of Cornell Wild. <laughs> yeah,
0: I will say like I appreciate that. You know, yeah. it, I like the roll of the dice, whereas as opposed to like a Dan Duryea, you know exactly what you're getting, and, and God bless that man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it, it's just this was a shocking one, Cornell yeah. Wilde. But it, I, I would say I liked it a little more as we move on because he gets a little meaner yeah and that's good and i mean he also sounds less weak you know there's a little more confidence in that performance. i think it
1: that it has to do with him getting better obviously yeah
0: even though they're still (laughs) snowshoeing through the we'll get to it uh we're also having some fun times downstairs with edna and benji david's a very curious little kid he's been talking to everybody of course and edna's like hey you know i used to be an actress Puts on the radio, hears an instrumental, and gets a feel for the tune, and, and then she starts to sing for him. And that, that was a nice time. I very yeah. much enjoyed that. Mm-hmm.
3: Give him that once over, Buster. And I think it's going to sweet on you. Oh, don't you let him kid you, Dave. Are you an actress? Are you an actress? That's the best yet. <laughs> so comical could be singing and dancing right this minute if i wanted to any place in new york city let's have a nightclub okay would you like that davy sure okay presenting the one and only edna Chassis mm-hmm. For me and my true love, will never meet again on the funny funny banks of Loch Lomond. You take the high road.
2: <laughs>
3: I'll be in Scotland afar you. For me.
0: But then Fred, you know, he's also really feeling overwhelmed. I mean, beyond the regular emotions he has now, his brother is here with some bank robbers, and he just really wants them to leave. He feels very helpless and weak and sick. And so he goes to confront Benji, who slaps him around. (laughs) And then so Fred goes and gets his hunting rifle, which doesn't make Benji very happy. And he beats him up, even though David tries to stop. And it's really Charlie's the guy who's able to keep this together and, and get Benji to chill out because he still has the money is my guess. Right. I mean, and he no, says,
1: and later on he mentions it. Oh, Benji, I, I keep him around because he does what I tell him to. So yes. it's like his lackey, you know?
0: Yes, and that's probably not a good relationship to have with someone no. like that. You guys and gotta is, be in sync. Is this the point where he throws the guns in the fire? Yes.
1: Yeah. Benji throws all the rifles into the into the fire, including uh, David's.
0: And the, the gift. And yeah, yeah, Fred really is like, I'm going to turn you guys in if I can figure out how. Mm. <laughs> and at night, Benji tries to take his money from the briefcase. But I David, love scene. Yeah. It's great. David wakes up Charlie in time and is able to stop that. Yeah. And uh, so we're at the next morning. Charlie, he's like, you know, hey, David, I always felt responsible for Fred, even though I'm younger than him. He's quite helpless. <laughs> he can't seem mm. to pull it together even though I'm, you know, secretly a son of a bitch. And he asked him about a dog. And, oh, yeah, this is another thing I want to bring up, Dan. Did you notice all throughout this house there's pictures of dogs, different dogs, not even the same dog? I didn't realize that,
1: but Please that's Please rewatch watch this. Yeah. You may
0: find this in some screenshots from us, but, I mean, in the bathroom, everywhere. And I'm like, oh, wow, they really love this dog. But it's different dogs all throughout the decor of this place so there's a little something to look out for
1: that's interesting i mean obviously there's the dog that plays into the the role of the movie but it's yeah. a huge
0: theme this dog i mean yeah. this dog is unseen but it's it's the, a major care you could say it's a, the the biggest character in the movie besides cornell wilde and gene wallace and we well, see the David. collar
1: that's it that's all you it's all you see.
0: collar is going to be coming with us at some point yes what was the name of the dog did we get a name for the dog
1: i forget now okay i don't, I don't but, think it matches it but
0: as if, I, I feel like they may have because i remember being like that wasn't that cool of a dog's name maybe but
1: i think they did i don't yeah. know if i don't know if i could find it in the notes but this
0: dog is important oh you absolutely can especially if you're going off of wikipedia it's okay you don't need this name. feel free to leave in the comments the dog's name if you'd like
1: <laughs> yeah i could go back to the movie find it
0: not important, unless you want us to edit this in later. Dan will decide if he wants to send me a voice memo with the dog's <laughs> name, and I'll put it in here. Uh, anyway. Uh, 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 <laughs> okay, guys, that was the dog's name from Dan. <laughs> Moving on. So, yeah, he's asking about this dog, and he's like, oh, yeah, I got this this dog from, from somebody. But uh, unfortunately, Fred eventually shot the dog. It was killing chickens. Allegedly.
1: allegedly
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fred definitely killed this dog because he hates this dog for reasons we'll find out and actually I guess now what we'll find out David stays a little naive throughout the movie but yeah he's like oh uh mom and dad what, what uh who, who sent me that dog and they're giving each other all these like looks and stuff and then Fred's like you know hey Elizabeth why don't you go ahead and tell him and then uh she's like yeah it was uh your father that gave you the dog mm Which now we know, hey, Elizabeth and Charlie, something happened there, huh? And And you get Dan's laugh,
1: his great (laughs) laugh after after she says it.
0: Yeah.
3: That's right, David. Your father.
0: (laughs) There's that great laugh, which is so good. Enjoy the clip we just gave you. And then Benji, when he, he does something later on too, like, was it like a boo hoo hoo or something like that?
1: Yeah, something like he's that. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He does
0: it is like twice. I, I, I very much enjoyed that. When Benji is picking on David, it, it's so enjoyable. He's a delightful bully. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, now David's like, hey, maybe Charlie's my father, even though obviously he's my father. Elizabeth, she doesn't like this. So she's saying, hey, Uncle Charlie, you guys got to get out of here as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. But Charlie's like, hey, we'll see you see outside. Look outside storm. the window. It's constantly snowing, this thick, clumpy snow. Ooh, put on a, a blanket when you're watching this one. I don't care what season it is.
1: They're it's fearing a- the storm, so this is the storm fear.
0: It's the only thing they fear is a storm. Yes. Otherwise, they are fearless and, and heartstrong, ready to go. So they're not going to be able to leave in the meantime. They're cowering in, in storm fear. Charlie, he's, he's looking out the window, enjoying a view of this storm trying not to fear it, I'd imagine. And he sees old Hank approaching the house. Hank alert. Hank's back. Yep. We had, early. You know, he had to, yeah. He's coming back early. Charlie's like, Yo, everyone in the living room, you got to hide out, play it cool. And Benji is going to hold <laughs> a gun to David's head. Yeah. You got Cornell
1: wild up in the stairwell Yeah, with he's a like gun. halfway yeah. down the stairs, yeah. ready to
0: go. And Elizabeth goes to meet Hank. And he's like, yeah, I was, I was snowed in on a farm all night. But I'm back. Yeah. Here we go. And everyone's listening from the living room. And Hank's just going off. He's like, you know, hey, I love you.
1: Yeah, Gene's trying to get rid of him, obviously. Like, yeah. Please
0: go. And he's like, no, by the way, I have all these feelings to you. And I don't know how you could stay with, with Fred. We all know he sucks. You said he sucks. You got it. Please marry me and yeah. so fred, fred just like slowly yeah. walks out and yeah oh it's beautiful
1: yeah such a such a, a tough sequence uh to, to stop Duryea,
0: the greatest yeah it is it's so the tension is, is wonderful there
1: yeah
0: um so yeah he comes out <laughs> and they're like oh uh whoops sorry about that i'm gonna i'm uh gonna go ahead and head out i got some mail for you and uh, I'm going to head out in the storm. And he also notices, though, in the corner of his eyes, some, some strange shoes that don't seem to be Elizabeth's.
1: He actually trips over them.
0: Yes, yes. Even yeah. More, even more a corner of your eye than your yeah. feet, Dan.
1: Yep. Corner <laughs> so, of his feet.
0: The Cornell Wild of his feet. He heads out back into the storm fear, although he's not afraid of it. He's fine. Nope. We see him in snowshoes later on, just hauling ass like a total pro.
2: Yeah.
0: Hank is just, hey, he's killing it. So he he heads out, and then um, (laughs) Benji comes out and decides to make it a little harder on Fred, negs him a little bit, because that's kind of the kind of guy that Benji is, God bless him. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth doesn't like that. She starts to defend him, which then gets Benji flipping out, starts to beat up on Fred, and Charlie stops it once again as well. Mm -hmm. He's able to calm everything. He's like, I got a plan. I'm going to take David with us. He's going to show us how to go through the mountain. We just got to wait out to the next day. So we're going to snooze it off and head out. Also that night, Elizabeth, she goes to Fred and's like, I'm sorry about Hank. You know, we're going to figure this out. It's going to be fine. But Fred's like, you know what? I get it. I'm, I got eyes. I've, I've been living this life. I, I I know you never really liked me. I've been raising this son that's not mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I'm pretty fucking aware of. Poor Dan Durian. yet." Yeah. So now we hear another radio report that says the wounded member of the robberies, this answers our earlier question. They have yep. died and they suspect actually that the robbers are nearby, not going in a different direction. Like we had earlier thought. Yes. Before we go to bed, Elizabeth talks to David and says, you know, don't, don't spend time with Charlie. He's a bad guy. Mm. This, I believe this is where you're going to see a lot of dog pitches as well. When they're talking.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: But David, you know, he's like, this guy seems to be my dad. I think you know my little kid brain isn't quite there yet, but I'm I suspicious. But you're my mom. I'm gonna. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. But David meets with Charlie at night, and he's like, "I'm not gonna. I don't want to take you guys over the mountain." He starts like crying and stuff. But Charlie, he starts telling this story about how he got put in all these bad situations, and it wasn't his fault. Every time he tried to turn his life around, the cops are right there trying to take in bribes and yeah, you know, keep him on his bad path yeah so that seems to get him
1: and at this point they already had that scene with him and gene wallace with cornell wild and Gene Wallace, where they kind of go over their their life together because there was that one sequence where she like you get the feeling like she still has maybe at one point a little bit of feelings towards him. she has that scene where she's putting on the lipstick and she goes to him and tries to like you know make her hair nice and That's then right. they're in the, in his bedroom and they're having and they're kind of reminiscing about you know, how they met on the beach and and blah, blah, blah. And then she starts laughing and it's like this whole nice thing. And then, instantly, and then he instantly tries to like grab her and start like, you know, kissing on her and something yeah, like back that. to and it. She, yeah. And then she just like pulls away and she's like, you know, so disgusted with him, which is yeah, really, God forbid you yeah. put,
0: notice the fucking lipstick I put on for you.
1: Yeah. But that was lo- it for her. I mean, that was, she's like, I'm done.
0: Yeah. That was, that was definitely like a little right. before a little this, before that. but yeah, yeah. yeah, that was, that was a great, scene. I mean, I, I loved when she put the lipstick on that's the best you get from Gene Wallace in this, I think.
1: Um, uh, I, I think it's definitely up there yeah I mean I, I wouldn't say that she, it's not like maybe her best role but yeah I, I think she's okay in
0: this I mean she's fine she's serviceable yeah. but it's just it, there was room for so much more and again it just yeah. coming from the producers aspect of it mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I don't know how much like was she just like I, I don't know her, both of their involvements of it because it seems like he continued to direct after they had split up it didn't seem like she was really interested in producing
1: no I don't think so I think it was mostly Cornell. Other
0: than, like, hey, I'm getting some sure thing acting roles out of it.
1: Yeah. I I think it was, yeah, maybe it was definitely his influence, I think, more so than anything.
0: So, again, more reason I would be surprised that she would just, I don't know, really go for it. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a, the strength from her is that there's just like a, it's what she's like not doing in her performance, I guess. Or like, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's definitely like a sadness to the character that is, yes, that is present in her.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: But you just hope that when she sees, cornell wilde like maybe it would brighten her up a little bit or you know like there'd be some sort of change in the performance but it seems like she's really acting towards everyone about the same way
1: yeah just that little that little moment right there where she starts laughing and she's smiling for the first time when she remembers that time but i think she's just so hardened probably by everything that's going on in her life and what's going on uh that she's probably no reason to so i guess it kind of makes sense in a way
0: i'd be curious to see her in this racing movie yeah, I would too.
1: I mean, she has a, a more of a small role in, in Beach Red, the World War II movie, because most of it's them actually in the war. And in, so it's like through flashbacks. Sure. You see her interaction with Cornel Wilde. So it's not a, as heavy on their relationship. But yeah, I would like to see her other roles with the two of them together. Yeah. Um, obviously we've seen Big Combo and I, I think that's great. But yeah, I'd like to see more.
0: Absolutely. We'll keep an eye out for that. Dan Duryea has also decided to slink off in the middle of the night because he's, he's just over it. He's like, I'm, I'm going to get the police.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, whatever. David notices the fresh tracks in the snow the next morning, and he, he sees that Fred has gone to the police, and he doesn't want Charlie to be arrested. So actually, this is what gets him to go ahead and, and go on the trip. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do it. <laughs> they're, they're like, you know, Elizabeth, we're going have to tie you up on the way out. Sorry yeah. about that. Good luck to you. Everybody gets suited up. They're in heavy clothing. They got snowshoes on Mm -hmm. and they head off. Edna's got her mink coat. Yep. This this is also comes up earlier and she definitely insists on that coming with her (laughs) and they were off. You see them just really, really go. It's interesting because sometimes it'd be like a, a fake backdrop. And then other times it's like, you're very clearly doing the work and climbing up this hill. I'm surprised that,
1: some of the close-ups, yeah. Yeah, yeah that they needed that. It
0: might have been a reshoot thing or, or maybe a sound thing. You know, I could imagine it being a windy time, but yeah. I just was fascinated by that because, yeah, they, I mean, they're really climbing this this mountain, and it, a lot of it looks pretty brutal. Yeah. I, it would not be fun. You ever use snowshoes, Dan? I've never used them, no. I've used them a couple times in my life. They're, they're a fun time. Are they? Try and get some snowshoes on. It yeah. They look fun. Yeah, especially when you got uh, Hank doing it. He, he really was a pro. Oh, yeah. You,
1: could tell you tell get that, a good yeah,
0: groove. You can, you can make it happen. Alright. Shout out to snowshoes. If anyone wants to send us some some freebies, uh, we'll do a review. Dan will get out there on the snow. It'll be a live episode on location. Do you have a good location? You do have a good on location for that near you. Um, I could find some hills. Okay, you know, like moderate hills. I'm not trying yeah. to
1: kill you or anything, but... it's not like I'm going to a gigantic mountain or anything. No, is that what it's called? What gigantic mountain? Yeah. No, not that okay. I'm aware of. No. <laughs>
0: I thought there was a mountain called gigantic mountain in New Jersey or something.
1: No, I I wouldn't put it
0: past you guys.
1: Nope. Not that I'm aware of.
0: Maybe you could find this mountain.
1: Was does it say the location of it? Like, is it actually on location in, in uh, new England?
0: I didn't see that kind of stuff, but I'd imagine. So it didn't seem like it was, it was not, but I'll, I'll make some calls. We'll find out.
1: So I'm looking up now. So it says that the filming location uh, was sun Valley, Idaho. Okay. So (laughs) apparently not. Interesting. I would have not pegged that as a uh a west coast, you know, Pacific Northwest.
0: It does get pretty location. snowy and mountainous there though. So, you know, now that you say that's it, true. it does make sense. It does. They really they should have said that instead of upstate New York, but that's all right.
1: Well, I guess it makes more sense for them meeting in New York City. I mean, if they were in New York City, then he drives all the way to Idaho, I think it would be a little bit tougher to, to grasp. Hollywood,
0: huh? They always gotta keep it mainstream. Yeah, right. I would love to see Idaho Noir. Come on now. So, yeah, they're heading off. There's a lot of that. And Edna, she's just really tired. She's having trouble with her mink and everything. She's too hot. She's, she's too hot. She wants Benji to help. He wants nothing to do with it. So, you know what he does? He shoves her off the mountain. It's
2: brutal. <laughs> she, There's some brutality at the so end of it. so yeah.
0: brutal. I mean, this is everything I have to talk about is this scene. Yeah. She breaks her leg. And then they're like, all right, we got to keep going. I mean, Charlie's on business, so Charlie makes sure to give her <laughs> a cut. And, the, and she's begging them not to go, but they abandon her. You, at one, you know, Hank Hank's coming. Yeah. No one's going to be surprised that Hank finds everybody. But I'm expecting Hank to find Edna, at least at one point. Edna just froze to death and died out there, right?
1: That's what we're supposed to be led uh, to believe. I mean, that, that whole sequence, yeah, I mean, between her blade and the leg and then Taking the cut and literally just throwing oh. the money down there and saying, "Well, good luck." Uh, it's yeah, it's it's That's what. Wild. That's
0: where I'm ready to tell you, Dan. I love this movie. That was such a, a great scene. Cool. Despite my performance issues with the the main cast, not even issues, just like little little like, huh, interesting because it's just so much more noticeable. Yeah. With these other characters, and especially God, Edna Rogers. Yeah, I won't I won't forget that death anytime soon. And that was so brutal. They leave her to die. Yeah. Wow! Wow! So yeah, well, we, guess
1: should... <laughs> we should also make make mention of so so Hank. He goes back to the the farm because he has had that the what we mentioned earlier with the shoes is that he re- realized that like oh somebody else has been there.
0: Yes, um, this is and, what happens right yeah. after the the leg break. Actually, yeah. So yeah, okay. H- Hank. He he goes. He frees Elizabeth, and he's like, yeah, I tripped over these shoes. Now let's get some snowshoes, and I'm gonna haul ass. I could totally catch up to him. It's a little kid. <laughs> a guy who got shot in the leg and the other guy who does not know what he's doing. I'll be there in no time.
2: Yeah.
0: He scurries off and helps. And like I said, you, you see him really just confidently going up that hill in like two seconds when he's, he's heading off and you know, Charlie, he's really slowing down himself just because of that gunshot wound. And Benji's just like, Hey man, just give me the money. And that's fine. We'll, we'll go do what we got to do. But Charlie, he's still able to hold on and, and get him to stop david's also being like hey why don't we just stay here and uh, get rid of this guy you can't trust him and he's like even though i have benji's gun he's still he's a dangerous guy i mean you just saw him throw off edna off a mountain and leave her to die easy there charlie he's exhausted he collapses and benji goes this is where i'm going to take the bag and the gun and then david he keeps climbing he gets to the top of the pass he sees a highway below and he's like, man. Once we make it over, Benji's absolutely going to kill us. So he's like, you know, there's a dip, there's a fall there. Mm. So we're going to stay away from there.
1: real quick, we should uh, right before th- we did. We missed the part right where, which is another br- brutal scene where, during his uh, Cornell Wild collapsing on the ground when he tries to steal the money, he takes the mm. the, the snowshoe and hits and, him in the gunshot wound and and hits him with and beats him he, with it. Yeah, he,
0: yeah, like right in the gunshot wound. It, it, yeah, that was that was which awesome. He like, was well. like, what? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah it's it's, yeah it's wild
0: after this benji's like all right well let's go ahead and look over there he does not believe him and so david he's got a small pen knife he goes to attack him (laughs) Benji chucks him aside and then charlie attacks him Um, and then david is able to get the the gun that has fallen during the struggle shoots benji because you know he knows how to shoot a gun he's a total pro Mm -hmm. then hank he's got his little hank ears he's able to hear he makes his way up there's like a little cabin nearby, like an yeah. unused cabin. Mm-hmm. Even though once you go in there, it looks absolutely occupied. <laughs> <Yeah>. it's, got <laughs> some stuff. it's got some stuff. So they're, they're, they head off into there and Charlie he takes David down to there. It's an empty rancher hut, actually. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is where we part ways. But he gets shot by Hank. It's <laughs> not yeah. far from the cabin. But not dead because we go to a hospital later. I mean, about to die. Charlie is there. He apologizes to Elizabeth. He asks to see David. And he's like, oh, uh, by the way, I lied to you about my sob story. I'm ready to take on the responsibility, my life of crime. And David's like, all right, well, let me just get some confirmation. Did you give me that dog? Are you my father? But Charlie's like, you know what? I don't like answers. Just go ahead and remember me. He dies. The end.
1: Well, and and we should also make a quick mention of So there was that whole right before that where Cornell Wilde and and David are talking and David's like, I want to go with you and Cornell Wilde's like, No, I don't want this life for you. And that and that's the whole thing that kind of sets up the ending, saying, like, hey, I'm telling you this story because like I don't want you to be like me. He kind of has like a little bit of that kind of like regret or like awakening at the end and that and then it leads to It's insane
0: because why would he have ever been like him? Like it's not like any of this was like, I'm gonna live a life of crime. If anything, he was just like trying to help out his father that you know or like even his uncle right you
1: know? yeah i i see that but i i look at it as like david seemed like he was willing to just be like i don't because Cornel like cornell wild's like pleading with him like hey man like i i'm living this life on the run i'm always doing crime so like he's like i don't i don't care i just want to be with you and he it was more like unconditional for david like it didn't matter regardless but he like again cornell wild didn't want david involved in that any way shape or form Maybe
0: he's um, about to die you know like who cares yeah <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, they have the nice ending where he, like, he likes crying, he runs out, and then you see Hank and, and Elizabeth there, and, and they have the nice little embrace. And they have That's a family, happy ending right there. Family. yeah.
0: Because, yeah. I mean, like, come on. I mean, Hank was always a better choice anyways. This, yeah. Charlie's a criminal. He's been on the run the entire time. If anything, it was just so you can raise your child together, but, yeah, you know, you, there's no way he's going to do any better than the heel with sex appeal, Then That's, yeah, it's tough. So this film, once again, was based off of a novel by Clinton Seeley. It was published in November 1954. The New York Times called it, quote, a pleasant discovery, a tale mm-hmm. of terror presented with economy, insight, and a surprising amount of technical skill, end quote. Uh, the book was actually told through the first person, of Davey, okay. 12-year-old. So they did change the name a little bit. Uh, and then Cornell Wilde bought the film rights in December '54. A month later, he's like instantly like, you know what? I got to have this. Doing it. I'd be curious to, we got to read some of these books. We we really do got to start this book club at some point. Yeah. Or somebody does. I don't have time to read, but someone's got to read these <laughs>
1: things. <laughs> somebody does. I have a spin-off uh of the podcast where it's film noir based on the books. What, what, what books, you know, these yes. are based on.
0: Maybe that's the Patreon. Who knows?
1: Yeah. We'll find, we'll find some way to incorporate it. Maybe. We'll
0: find some way to take your money. Don't worry. <laughs> That's not
1: what it's about.
0: So they had established Theodora, him and his wife, Jean Wallace. And they did the, the big combo. And then mm. this was the follow-up. In 55, January 55, Cornell mm. Wilde hired Porton Foote to write the script. Mm. And this was going to be Theodora's second film. They're like, this one's going to get precedence over other films. And then Wilde, he actually he recently directed an episode of General Electric Theater. This is what got him in the, the zone of directing. This was a show that was hosted by Ronald Reagan, of all people. Yeah, it was. Boo! Yeah. Um, it made him wealthy, and it gave him powerful public speaking abilities. I learned. So this was this was a very bad job for us as a country. This led to very bad things for us. But a lot of episodes were directed by Jock Turner of out of the past fame.
1: Yes, I mean that. I mean they had a lot of great people on that show, but just not, you know,
0: <laughs> not hosted by. It.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you look at their guest list, I mean their guest list is pretty incredible. Um, yeah.
0: No. Uh, I'm sure there's some, some YouTube or some internet archive out there. Give, give it a shot. Or maybe we can find that episode that he directed.
1: Yeah. Do a little detective work.
0: Yeah. God forbid, huh? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> who, 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 do, who do we think we are?
0: So they were ready to film this in April 15th of 55 in Sun Valley, but they had to bring the date up a little bit because spring was coming. They, they needed the snow top mountains and they, you know, they were trying to do as much pre-production as they could and watch out for that weather. So that's, that's what you do Alright everybody, fun facts, Dan Yay! We've done most fun facts on him But this is one I found uh, His parents didn't approve of his acting choice Early on So he became an advertising executive And he did it for six years Got stressed out, had a heart attack uh, Sidelined him for a year And then he was like, you know what, I love acting Let me try that out Sometimes it works Quit your job if you feel like you're going to have a heart attack and, and get into acting Yeah, go into acting Stephen Hill, our Benji, he came from Broadway, and he would be much known for a lot of television, including long stints on Mission Impossible and Law and Order. Mm-hmm. And he shows up in Joseph H. Lewis's A Lady Without Passport in 1950 with Hedy Lamarr. Mm-hmm. But this was his first major role five years later. Joseph H. Lewis, of course, from Gun Crazy. My name is Julia Ross. And hey, the big combo as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That might have been a part of this, how he got, got the gig, I wonder. Yeah. Have you seen A Lady Without Passport?
1: I have not. Have Such you ever-
0: an odd title. Without a passport, you would think. I don't know. I have yeah. not seen it. No, maybe we'll get to it. Yeah, let's we'll check it out. All right, let's do, let's do it. Huh? That's, that's what we do on this show. <laughs> David Stollery, our little David Blake himself. He was best known for his teenage role as the loner Marty in Spin and Marty from Disney's Mickey Mouse Club from hmm. the mid-50s. I've heard of Spin and Marty. I know it's a big deal, but I, I know nothing else about it. Yeah. But yeah. He, I, at the age of seven, he was named Child Actor of the Year for his role in the Broadway production of On Borrowed Time. Hmm. And then he, during a role in the TV show The Prodigy, Walt Disney took notice of his acting and had the 14-year-old sign a Disney contract to play Marty Markham, Spin and Marty. And he did it from 55 to 57. After his teenage years, he, he didn't want to continue acting as a career, full-time career anymore. So he studied design at the Art Center College of Design. And then he became an automobile designer with General Motors and then later Toyota. At Toyota, he designed the second generation A40 series Toyota Celica in 1978. Wow. Yeah. Everybody's favorite car. I've certainly seen a Toyota Celica, you know, in the 2000s, I believe. or so Maybe in the 90s. Yeah. I don't know. They're out there. I know them. So shout out to that. And he's, he's great in the movies. His acting is great. Yeah. You know, that it's always the good ones that know to tap out and, and get a real life. So <laughs> I respect that. I believe he's still alive. He's still with us. So possibly. Yeah he, wants yeah, he is. Yeah. Maybe we can get some storm fear answers from him at some point. Yeah, that'd be cool. Dennis Weaver, our Hank. You know, he was in Duel, the 1971 television film that launched Steven Spielberg. Mm. He was also in Touch of Evil. You may remember him as the twitchy motel attendant. And in fact, Spielberg selected him based off of his performance in Touch of Evil.
1: I was going to mention that. That's like when I, when I thought of Dennis
0: Weaver, when I heard Dennis Weaver, I was like, that was the guy that was from uh, Touch of Evil. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he's very memorable in that. Yeah. And we we're lucky to have him due to our old friend Shelly Winters, actually. They met at the Actor's Studio and in 1952. She helped him get a contract from Universal Studios. Hmm. Uh, he was very much into the environment and preserving it. And his home in Ridgeway, Colorado Uh, In the 1980s, he commissioned architect Michael Reynolds to design it and incorporated into the construction various recycled materials, such as old automobile tires and discarded cans. And it also has passive solar power and other echo technologies. He Mm -hmm. called his home Earthship. And yeah, he lived there for 14 years until 2004. Horton Foote, our writer, he received the Pulitzer Prize for Drama in 1995 for his play The Young Man from Atlanta. And he won two Academy Awards, one for... An original screenplay for Tender Mercies and adapted for To Kill a Mockingbird. But now we're at our meat of our fun facts. Lee Grant, still alive! Yes. Um, Yeah, once again, she was cast in this during having been blacklisted. She made her film debut in 51 uh, in Detective Story, a a film we'll absolutely get to at some point. Mm -hmm. And she actually had an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actress in that. Uh, she's, she's had, actually
1: she was actually uh, jumping ahead a little bit but she's in a um a movie i actually just watched the first time on criterion uh, defending your life the albert brooks movie she's in that oh movie.
0: okay awesome yeah i mean she's in a ton of stuff she's in valley of the dolls and the yep. heat of the night shampoo which she won an oscar for yep. she's oh. also directed documentaries Down yep. and out in america mulholland and, drive uh, she's in She's in mulholland drive as louise bonner yeah absolutely but yeah, unfortunately, she was blacklisted and it was all thanks to Edward who he named her husband during the trials. And of course, she refused to testify against who she was married to. And she was unable to, to be cast from there on out. She was removed from the blacklist in 63 mm-hmm. and then was able to recontinue her career. But her experience just always scarred her to such an extent that in 2002, she actually would freeze up and go into a trance if anyone asked her about her experiences during the McCarthy period. Oh, wow. And she's later said, quote, I was becoming my own worst enemy as an actor traumatized on stage and fixated on staying dumb So I could keep working in film. A woman of a certain age does not play in movies or TV. What kicked to the side her out. And I was a woman of a certain age, terrified. I'd be found out and unemployed again, end quote,
2: hmm.
0: but she's great. We loved her. She's, Number one in this movie. I'll take more from her any day. Shout out to the whole gang. But that's going to do it for this movie. It's a good time. Go. Kino sale still going on. That's how mm-hmm. I got this one. Absolutely go seek it out. Or maybe go on eBay. I've been getting some Kino movies on eBay lately. Yeah.
1: Good, good time of year to watch a movie like this. Yeah. It, it's, it's set like right before Christmas. Right around this time.
0: Boy, it's almost like we knew what we were doing with this one, Dan, huh? Sometimes yeah, we do. Sometimes it works out. Just wait till next year. You're really going to see a professional operation, I think. Or <laughs> more of the you're same. Two. Who knows? You're, yeah. you're too. Electric Boogaloo of the podcast, folks. Well, you want to hear some craziness, Dan? Come back for next week's episode. We got 1947's Lady in the Lake. My name is Marlowe,
3: Philip Marlowe, occupation private detective. You know, somebody says, follow that guy. So I follow him. Somebody says, find that female. So I find her. But some cases, like this one, kind of creep up on you on their hands and knees. And the first thing you know, you're in it up to your neck. Right now, you're reading in your newspapers and hearing over your radios about a murder. They call it the case of the lady in the lake. It's a good title. It fits. What you've read and what you've heard is one thing. The real thing is something else. There's only one guy who knows that. I know it. This lady in the lake business started just three days before Christmas. Who invited you? I did. Now, wait a minute, Mr. Marlowe. Just when I was beginning to like you. Well, you want the facts, don't you? When it concerns a woman, does anybody ever really want the facts? Vain female, aren't you? Please don't be so difficult to get along with. I need help. What's going on here? He got cute. Striking an officer, resisting arrest and murder, all on Christmas Eve. Let's wrap you up real pretty, shall we? And take you right down to headquarters. Give me your hands. You'll see it just as I saw it. You'll meet the people, you'll find the clues. And maybe you'll solve it quick, and maybe you won't. You think you will, eh? Okay. you're smart. But let me give you a tip. You've got to watch them. You've got to watch them all the time. Because things happen when you least expect them.
2: No, no, don't! I love you, Rivera!
1: This is our
0: Thanksgiving episode, I believe. Is it? Or was The current this? one.
1: Th- this one is, yes.
0: Oh, happy Thanksgiving, folks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know we tried to make a, a, a Thanksgiving point. I believe or, uh, this comes out on Thanksgiving, right?
1: Which one? This uh, episode. We, yeah, this one does, yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. I and, feel and like I, the reason should I picked have been it, a whole
0: different episode. Yeah, please now tell us the reason.
1: <laughs> the reason I picked it is because I know it was set right before Christmas, so, I mean, it could be closer to a Christmas movie, but just because of all the familial aspect of this, of this movie, I, even though I, I couldn't in my head, I, I was racking my brain to try to find a, a Thanksgiving-themed film noir. Maybe it's still out there. I, I, I haven't found it. But just because of, like, there's all this family dynamic, a lot of it takes place in the home, I just felt like it, it felt right to me to, to try to pick this movie. So that's my justification
0: for it. All right. Well, you passed. Uh, I you. wish we would have remembered it earlier, but that's okay. Gobble, gobble. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, next week we'll, we'll cleanse ourselves from Thanksgiving. Also come back on Tuesday. We got the driver for Neo Noir November, our final episode.
2: Mm-hmm. Wonder
0: what we thought of that. Who knows? I wonder as well. I wonder. Dan has, has never seen this, this movie as of, uh, of this moment in time. <laughs> Maybe not the recording, but as far as the timeline of the, the show, the release dates. We're getting to some Butterfly Effect stuff going now. <laughs> Back to the Future. I saw Butterfly Effect in theaters. Like tour, on While we were on tour, yeah. That was a, a brief stop. It's an interesting stop. You ever see a tour movie, Dan? A what movie? A movie on tour. Do you guys ever... I mean, I know you did brief jaunts, but did you ever go to a, a theater? So it wasn't necessarily
1: a tour, but in one of my old bands, we were recording in California... And during the sessions, the, the week or so that we were out there, uh, we went and saw uh, Blades of Glory uh, <laughs> as an outing. So that was, I guess, maybe that technically counts. But other than that, not that I can recall. I'll take it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, Lady in the Lake next week. We'll see you there. We're looking forward to it. It's only a DVD. We're going to spoil. I'm, I'm sure we just conjured it. One can only It'll hope. Come out right when we release the episode. Yeah, I mean that'd be nice. I, I mean I haven't seen it. Dan has, but yes. We will see collectively as a out of the podcast collective. Speaking of the collective, feel free to get in touch with us. The real out of the podcast at gmail.com out of the podcast on Instagram. If you have other social media things, just, I don't know. It's up to you to search them. Maybe I don't want to tell you this time. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. Thank you for being thankful to us making the show. We are thankful to you for listening. Yeah. For... Watching the movies. Thanksgiving's a good time for noir films, and, and oh yeah, and Christmas. I really feel like this is the season, so I'm I'm psyched to be here. Yeah, nice. That's bundle. why we did bundle the up. show. That's yeah. because we we couldn't take it anymore. It's like, all right, let's just do this thing. We've been watching all these movies. Couldn't it's wait. Cold. It's so cold, Dan. Yeah. Bundle. Put up. on a jacket. Bundle up. And we'll see you next week. We're going to be in the in the lake, so you're probably going to want to wear something. Bring your slicker, right? Yeah. Exactly. Put on your galoshes and. In the meantime, folks, here's the Thanksgiving crime. Here's Thanksgiving crime. Reading.